Anu Nation is home to the Anu Spiritual Order founded by Chief Jegna Haru Yuya Asan Anu. Some of the components of Anu Nation are Anu Life Global Ministries, Enlightenment and Transformation, Sudulu House, and Osiris Life Spiritual Services. SuduluHouse.com is the school component of Anu Nation where spiritual empowerment through education and training is emphasized. One way that is accomplished is through our monthly webinars. Our webinars are packed with foundational information, rituals, and live instruction to empower your spiritual work. At SuduluHouse.com, you can view our diverse list of topics for this year that range from meditation to sex magic. And you can also register for any of the webinars at your convenience. Sign up for our introductory Orisha class, schedule a spiritual reading, and sign up for the Anu Spiritual Training course. Enlightenment and Transformation is the media component of Anu Nation. Here, you can view all of our archive shows from over the years to our current segments. They include Chief Speaks, Masterminds Monday, Anu Asafo, Thunderground Thursdays, and Foundational Fridays. You can also visit us on our YouTube channels. They are Enlightenment and Transformation, Orisha Yoruba, and Anu Nation. Osiris Life Spiritual Services is for those who are ready to take the necessary actions to bring your life into holistic balance. Here we offer consistent monthly one-on-one coaching, solutions that are tailored just for you, practical hands-on self-development techniques that will accompany your monthly readings, and customized practical strategies designed for you that guarantee positive results. Simply choose the package that best fits your needs. And last but not least, AlphaOmegaStore.com. The Alpha Omega Store is our online botanica where we offer divination tools, herbs and incense, DVDs, books, and other hard-to-find ritual items. You can also get our best-selling foundational book, Grasping the Root of Divine Power. Other great works from Anu Nation are Shrine and Altar, Solutions for Dysfunctional Family Relationships, and Natural Hair for Young Women, all great books to assist you on your journey. To find out more on how to get involved with Anu Nation, visit our websites and YouTube channels and be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Peace. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I should say good dawning, everyone. We're, of course, back with another segment of Enlightenment and Transformation. Getting started a little, a couple minutes little, a couple minutes late this dawning. You know, just wanted to uh, do some other things before I, do di- before I did this thing. <laughs> but, you know, uh, welcome, everyone. I see a lot of people are up bright and early this dawning. I see some people in the chat room already and some people on YouTube, some people on Blog Talk. So, you know, welcome to the experience. Of course, this is Chief Yuya. And, of course, for you archive listeners and for you newbies, because, uh, like I always say, it seems that every day I'm finding someone who's um, reaching out and, and saying, you know, I just found you. Thank you. And, you know, been soaking up all the information, all the information. And, you know, 
there's something a lot of times that um, those coming in say to me, and I'm going to give, I'm going to give all of you newbies uh, your first personal instruction, your first, your first one-on-one <laughs> with me, uh, or let me say your first one-on-one correction. I'm going to correct you in something. A lot of you uh, who come in brand new, uh, you send me messages or, you know, you leave comments and you say, thank you so so much, Chief Julia. Um, you've changed my life, the information that you've given uh, this, that, 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 and the third, right? So here we go. I have not changed your life, okay? So this, this is your first, your first uh, bit of criticism and correct, critical correction from Chief Yuya. I have not changed your life, okay? You changed your life. All I did was show you the keys to change your life, but you had to take those keys and apply them and do something with them. Okay. So I I do appreciate the gratitude. I absolutely do. You know, I do appreciate the acknowledgements and, you know, and ultimately the love. I do appreciate it, but let me just take this lesson, you know, and uh, understand something that you changed your life and all of the effort that you're putting into it consistently in terms of, um, the effort that you put into into learning and the effort that you put into sitting down and, and hearing things that are uncomfortable and that go against maybe what you've been hearing since you were five or six years old. You know, all of the things that maybe your parents may have said, don't do that. Do do this. You know, you shouldn't think that way. You shouldn't do this like that. You shouldn't pick that up that way. You shouldn't put that down like that. You know, all of those different things that uh, you've been exposed to and have programmed the person that you are today, uh, it takes a lot of courage to crack through those things. It takes a lot of courage to abandon them, whether they've worked for you or not, or you perceive that they have worked for you or not not worked for you. It still takes a lot of courage to say, you know, I'm moving forward with something else. You know, so uh, understand that. And that's not a statement of humility. You know, sometimes I may say some things like that, and people will say, no, chief, you just being humble, but this, that, 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 that. So let me give you the second personal lesson. Don't, don't correct me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know what I'm saying when I'm saying it. All right. You're here to learn. You're not here to teach. So no, you give yourself the pat on the back. You go and buy yourself a bag of black seeded grapes or, you know, or, or some red wine or whatever it is that you may do to celebrate. Because you changed your life. You made that decision. You made that choice. And you put that work in. However however small the change was, you know, it may not always be some, some huge cathartic, you know, experience where, you know, you climbed a mountain and you said, oh, I never thought I could climb this mountain, but I, I made it to the top. You know, I mean, literally, it may not be some huge thing like that. It may be just one little small thing that you decided to remove from your life or you decided to add to your life, you know. Um, but you did that. All right. So, uh, I'm just going to put that out there and I may repeat it again. I may have to repeat that again because people come in, uh, at all different times in terms of, uh, listening to these segments and, and picking up the information and where they're applying. Some people come in recent segments, they, they on YouTube and some don't even know that they've been, you know, 
Africa. We've been doing this for, for years now, you know, so um, I may repeat it again, but I just want to leave that with all of you newbies who come in, man, you know, welcome, welcome, welcome. And more than that, congratulations. Good work. Congratulations. You know, good work. You did it. All I did was just, you know, here's a couple of keys. You want them or not? And look at the way I present them. I, I presented you some keys in a, in a dirty rag. <laughs> Here. And then, and then didn't even look at you in the eye when, you know, I, I presented them to you. You want them or you don't? <laughs> you know, I didn't even put them on a silver platter for you. You know, so I didn't even put them in, in a nice silk handkerchief and shine them up or anything like that. So obviously, you know that it was a serious choice and a serious decision that you made in terms of um, wanting to be changed, right? Pat yourself on the back for that, all right? So yeah, you know, we're moving forward. You know, today is uh, Frida or Friday, and um, usually on Fridays, I try to leave you all with something that uh, you can apply, you know, try to create some, some kind of summation in terms of the information so that you can uh, now take everything and, and move forward with it. Uh-oh. And here they come. Let me mute my phone. Because, you know, this thing goes off all day. <laughs> so it usually starts around now. Yeah. So let me mute that out. But um, so we've we've been kind of digging on and bouncing off of the whole um, authority subject, the strong, and one of the one of the components that we've been speaking about in terms of uh, reclaiming our authority is uh, tapping into social engineering. And the swaying and, and the pervasive methods that are used to hack, you know, like we spoke about biohacking, but hacking into our minds and replacing them with certain components. And that goes right to what I was just saying earlier. You know, a lot of times our suppositions or, you know, the way we may view um, and the way that we may assume certain moralistic standings uh, are a part of that social engineering our sense of morality or our emphasis on morality, our emphasis on certain words. You've heard me say that before as it pertains to the word love. You know, we create this this truly this uh, strong and, and almost mythical emphasis on the word love because we're told that love is all important, but then many don't even know what the word means, but or God, you know, and when they come into their consciousness, they still utilize certain terminology, still utilize certain concepts without really being educated about them. And essentially, as our as our dear great Stevie Wonder has taught us, that is the essence of superstition. You know, when you believe in things that you don't understand. You know. So that's our social engineering at play, right? Right there from the gate. And, you know, let me give you all a call-in number, and I'm going to say something about that before I go forward, before I get off into the subject. Oh, and, you know, I saw the brother. I'm going to say two things. <laughs> number one, let me get a call-in number, 515-605-9862. Just hit the number one if you want to speak. 
And um, I think I may actually kill that number this this at the end of this month. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna meditate on it, but I probably will. You know, so just to give you all a heads up. But I don't think it'll be that big a deal anyway, because it seems that most people are vibing with the uh, chat room anyway. It's more convenient for you. And, you know, we live in a society of convenience because with the YouTube thing and the chat thing, you could just do it on your cell phone. And then plus it allows you that anonymity where you really don't even have to work. You know, you can be so lazy that you don't even have to pick up, like, call in and talk. You could just throw something in the chat room. So um, I'm not getting on you. <laughs> but um yeah, so I I think I'm gonna probably kill the blog talk number. You know, because I was gonna wait until June to do it. So I was gonna kill it anyway on the solstice. But um I really don't have to do it on the solstice. I could do it in this month. I don't think it's gonna make a huge difference because it seems that most people are very cool with I mean we still get a lot of blog talk listeners though. But I think people are mainly going using the blog talk for the archive function. So I don't think people, y'all are using it for the live calling as much as you used to. I'm looking at the stats, and that's probably because of that change that they made, you know, this messing up. the. But I noticed that people are coming in on the back end later and listening to the archives primarily through blog talk. But um, there's other ways that we can set up. You know, I can archive the show somewhere else. It doesn't have to be blog talk. I can still get them up through YouTube and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm probably going to gonna. gonna X them out and plus they put those stupid commercials in the beginning in the end and and I don't get any revenue share on those commercials um, nor can I pick the type of commercials that they're putting up there so, and and they're usually just real goofy sounding like you know so it's messing up the whole my whole swag <laughs> so yeah I'm probably going to get rid of that um, so just want, wanted to let you know and Michelle asked but Peace Chief, how would we do this panel show without blog talk? Well, actually, that can be done via, that can be done a couple of ways. That can be done um, through through Google Hangouts, or that could be done using, I also have a, a conference Skype number. It could be done that way. But I'm going to tell you something else about the student show, Sister Michelle. Um and I know it's going to sound like I'm getting on people again, but I'm not. I just want you to hear what I'm saying. I think I gave you the numbers recently in terms of students, at least at least in AST1, our new spiritual training. I mean, it's, I don't remember the number. It's a couple hundred students, more than a couple, a few hundred students. And, you know, when we do those student panels, it's the same five to six people who call in. So... I don't think I need to maintain a number and a service for people who don't really participate. You know what I mean, Michelle? Um, you're maintaining a services, paying for services, maintaining a function. We invite people, at, we invite all the students every end of the month, call in and share your experiences. How many really do that in all honesty? You do, Zach does, Charles does, Taya, um, Dietrich does, Anwar does. And we might get a couple, you know, if I'm leaving somebody out, if I'm leaving somebody out, I'm probably only leaving about maybe two people out. Of course, Byron. You know, we can't forget Byron. 
you know, um, Byron does. But out of, you know, let's say maybe, and we, and really if we take the collective student body out of maybe 4,000 students, four to 5,000 students. And at the very least for those who are actively currently doing honors for training one, you know, out of maybe 500 students, you have six or seven who call in consistently. That could be done on a on a conference call, on a conference line, and just pre-recorded, or that could just be done via Google Hangouts. You know, sometimes, and you've heard me speak about that before. You have to look at what you're what you're um, outputting and what's being inputted. So if all of that is being all of that work and and money is being put into maintain something. And, you know, you're telling students, yeah, call in and share, and they're not calling in and sharing, you know, then why should they be continue to be supported in that way? Because obviously you're dealing with a large amount of your student body that's actually non-communal minded and selfish. So I have to tell you, uh, Sister Michelle, I'm not too concerned about who's going to call in now on a student panel. They had their chance. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to, you got to do that. You know, you, you put testers out there, you put feelers out there and you see how people respond to them. And if, if the response is not there, you move on. You know, that's a part of community work. And I've been doing this for so many years that, you know, I, I've had to learn when to pull back and how to pull back and learn what people are responding to and not always keep this romanticized notion uh, in the forefront of my mind that, oh, you know, we're going to be doing this and we're going to be farming some land and we're going to be living around each other and we're going to be doing this, you know, uhuru sasa. After a while, you wake up to what's, to who you really trying to get free with. You know, sometimes I do that with people, man. You know, when they start romanticizing the revolution like that, you know, I'll play certain music videos and stuff for them. And I'll say, is this who you want to live on some land with? You know, when you talk about my people, this this is who you want to be. Let's go watch some World Star. How you gonna deal with that one? You know, how you gonna stop this this behavior? This that 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 that. Let's look at the reality of what's there and what we're really facing and what we really have to combat because some of the methods and tools that you may be using may not actually work or you know they they just may be antiquated. In that sense, you know, so. um yeah, so that's that's the answer to that, Sister Michelle. I'm not I'm not overly concerned about that. You know, we have people like yourself who consistently share and you know, and I am very appreciative of it. You know, I tell you that though. You already know that. Um But then it comes a point too where I even have to protect the sacredness and the preciousness of people like yourself, people like Brother Charles, people like Brother Zach, people like Taya, people like Brother Byron and, and Kim and everybody else, you know, who, who call in consistently and give and share and Dietrich and Anwar and who kind of cut themselves open and allow people to look inside, you know, to help them out. You know, um, I don't want you to burn yourselves out. I don't want you to overexpose yourselves either. So that may mean that sometimes I may pull you guys back from the front line. I say, no, you don't have to do that anymore. Don't worry about that. Mm-mm. You know, we've had those conversations plenty of times. I know definitely 
Brother Charles and I have and Brother Zach and I have, Brother Byron and I have, and, you know, of course, Sister Kim and I have, because we've spoken about that, I think, just yesterday, you know, where I've pulled people back and said, no, 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 they, they don't, you know what, they don't deserve that. They're not even responding to that as they should. They're not responding to it in a healthy way. No, we're going to call it back. We're going we're gonna to pull it back, you know. So, um, yeah, I know y'all like the you know, design is not defined. says, I like the student panel. I know you do. <laughs> you like water, too, don't you? You like fresh water. So sometimes you got to learn to protect the well that you keep pulling from everybody. Yeah. You know, you just can't keep pulling and pulling and pulling and not giving anything back. I mean, people are not stupid. <laughs> you know, people are not stupid. At some point, you got to realize that. I mean, I mean, just, just I don't want to go off into this, to this, but I, I think this is an important lesson. And I'm saying all this with a smile. I'm not talking. I'm not saying it angrily. I want you guys to understand that. You know, it's no different. I'm sure some a lot of you are parents who are listening right now. It's no different. <laughs> Sometimes you might buy a toy or something for your child and the child just doesn't take care of it. Or, or it could even be a pet. It could be a puppy or a cat. The children don't take care of it. And, you know, it doesn't make you love your children any, any less, but you just realize, okay, they're not ready for this right now. And they be, but they'll sit, sit there and be like, but mommy, but we like, we like, uh, sniffles. You know, we like, we like lucky, lucky the dog. Yay. And you say, yeah, but you don't walk the dog. You won't clean the dog. You won't feed the dog. You won't, you know, but yeah, you want to come and play with it because you think miraculously it gets walked. Miraculously, it just gets fed. And, you know, so, you know, you, you think it, you think about all those different things, but you're not utilizing what's right in front of you. You know, how often do you always hear me say, tap into the student body first for information before you talk to me? Why am I still having to say that? I had to say that the other day to somebody who's been around. So I know they've heard me say that. People still trying to sneak and get around things. But then what if one day, I mean, I'm just, I'm just want to give y'all this so you can understand how things work. What if one day, what if Monday I call in? Because right now it's 7 a.m. What if Monday, 7 a.m. or Sunday, actually, I'll be on this Sunday, 11 a.m. I call and say, you know what, y'all, I'm tired. I can't, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. Um, We're going to take a permanent hiatus from all of these shows and everything because I'm just tired now. Then what? Now, yeah, you'll go scuttlebutt over to somebody else and, yeah, well, that's why I go over here and I'll be listening to so-and-so. You know, and that's cool. But some of you will be like, well, man, that was really helping me. Like the, the the keys that he was showing and what he was doing, it was really helping me and moving me forward. And now he's done because he's tired. Why was he so tired? Wasn't he getting all of the support that he needed? Maybe he wasn't. And I'm just saying hypothetically, all right? So just so you understand. But sometimes, you know, like I said, you got to learn the feedback into the well that you're drawing from. And um, I'm not here to exploit anyone or to have anyone exploited. And if I see that I have people consistently giving and giving and helping, you know, like the people I just mentioned earlier, and um, 
individuals just sitting back on their behind, you know, just using that as a free resource without feeding back into the well, then I'm going to stop it. That's all. I'm just going to stop it. That's what I warned Brother Anwar about yesterday, because he's a brother like that. Remember when Kim was on? You would have thought Anwar was a co-host. He called in every single day without fail. Every single day without fail, Brother Anwar called in. And even most of the time when I do my segments, he's the one who tells me if the sound is right or not right. I never asked him to do that. But he just gives like that. He just comes in and with a heart to give. And he's currently helping us with the challenge on the back end. He's the one who's done the uh, the video for the, and the audio and the video for the commercials. That's Anwar who did that. Brand new student. He just signed up recently. Brand new. And he's going through his own things. I mean, like he said, I'm working his nighttime security job. You all know his story because he tells it on, online. You know it. Trying to get his business off the ground. He's got children that he's raising, young children. You know, he's got his house. And, and now he's working his overnight security job because obviously he needs some finances. And still with a heart to help and give. So do you think I'm going to let someone like him get burnt out for a bunch of people who don't appreciate it? Just think about that for a second. Now, I'm a vet in this. I'm a vet in this community building. So as a veteran, I know when the burnout comes and how the burnout comes. So my job is to make sure, part of my job is to make sure you guys don't suffer through maybe some of the things I may have suffered on, suffered through years ago. So if I see someone who's giving and giving and giving and giving like that, I may say, mm, you know what, here, let me redirect you this way or do it this way. Or, you know what, just pull back for a while because I'm more in tune than someone like him or a lot of you other guys. I'm more in tune with the sentiment of the people who are being served. I know them. And again, I've had these conversations with Brother Charles and Brother Zach and stuff when they want to do certain things. Well, maybe we could do it. Maybe. I said, no, no, don't do all that. Don't do all that. Because I know the things that are going to end up disgusting those good people. You got to learn how to preserve your good people sometimes. You get people, good people who come through. You don't want to burn them out. And this work can be a burnout. Trust me. It can be a burnout. <laughs> you know, you give your best and your best and you, you give, you give, you give. And then people will just kind of like, they're like just dead bricks. Nothing. And then. And not everybody has the resiliency to go to go through that, you know. So, um, yeah, you got to you got to really protect and guard your precious ones in that sense. You know, you got to really protect and guard them. So that's the long, long, long answer to that. And I know, again, everybody's going to say, but I like it. I like this. Yeah. Just like y'all like me talking. Y'all would like if I talk for three hours a day. Like I said, I I got sick. The, it was the last Friday. I had to cut the show short at 24 minutes and got a complaint. I mean, how could you ever even complain about a free show anyway? I mean, if you really think about it, like what what is it to complain about? Turn it off. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, people are like, yeah, chief, I like how you building every day like this. I love it. I always get those emails. I love it, chief. Yeah, you want to hear me a two hour lecture every single day. Two hours. That's I mean, think about that. You go sometimes and pay people fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars to go hear him speak for an hour or hear him speak for an hour and a half. You get it for free for two two, three hours. 
every day. Imagine the, the work and the preparation that that individual has to do to deliver that information to you. You know, it's not an easy task. Ima- imagine how hard that is to put that much content together to deliver to you. Now, imagine that person doing that every day for free. And then they say, oh, okay, well, cool. But just once a month, just call in and share your own experiences. And you're like, I ain't doing that. F you. (laughs) I don't like talking. I'm nervous. I don't feel like it. Wow. Okay. Well, then we don't need to keep things in place to have that. So that's the, I'm giving a real long answer, but I think it's an important answer. I think you all need to understand why sometimes things are present, you know, and then sometimes why they go away. You know, it's it's not always it's they're not arbitrary decisions. You know, sometimes the actual participation of the people is looked at in certain things. And, you know, um, like I said, you got to understand this. This is a classroom experience. So this is not, you know, I know some people may do shows and stuff because. um, They just they just like talking, you know, they got a lot on their their chest that they want to get off and you know, or, or they just want to kind of be, they're lonely, you know, so they may do like a little internet show or something like that to give them an opportunity to kind of have a little community online and, and stuff like that. And I'm with that. All oh, that's cool. You know, all of that, that's absolutely cool. But when you have nine or 10 other components to your ministry popping off and, and that are very active, you got to learn how to prioritize your efforts and where to shift certain things. And also, this is where we, where we get into the area of human resources. You have to learn how to best efficiently use your human resources. As people come up, you know, like the people I mentioned earlier, and they say, hey, I want to help. Or you ask them to help. And they say, yeah, no problem. I got you. You know, you don't want to want to waste that, that valuable human resource. You know, so um, there have been times, and I'll say this for those listening, and you guys know who you are. There's certain people who have who have offered to volunteer that I have said, no, just hold off on that. Okay. And you, you want, you, you, you ones, you know who I'm talking about. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of that. And I said, nah, nah, just wait, wait till we get some other things organized, you know, because I know how people can get turned off. You know, I, I know how that, that can happen, you know? So, um, you got to measure when you, this is just, this is just all that goes into running an empire. Running in kingdom, you got to measure things out in a certain way, you know. But yeah, so that's what it is, man. And like like I've said, you also have um, the Sedula House website where you can you can have student panels every day. <laughs> you know, there's a forum on there. There's a there's an activity wall. You can post things and ask questions. It's all right there, already for you. You know, um, we had a Facebook group at one point. I shut that down because I started to get stupid. People were coming in and um, just posting just just things that had nothing to do with learning and then starting arguments with each other because they're sick. You know, and I realized, okay, y'all are too sick even for a Facebook group. So we're going to shut this down. And I know a lot of other groups have Facebook groups, you know, and maybe those work for them for whatever reason. Sometimes the reason is because they don't they're, they're they're not really teaching anything. So they're not really opening up any sensitive or sore spots. You know, I've seen some of the groups where everybody's just confirming everybody's sickness, <laughs> you know, 
Uh, I thought about doing this. I'm going to curse out my mother. Yeah, sometimes you got to curse your mother out because, you know, everybody's just confirming everything that each person wants to do that may not make sense. So there's never going to be any arguments in a situation like that, you know. But um, when you start when you start hitting some real points and some real information, I'm telling you guys, man, when you start getting into that place, you got to really be really cautious about the things that you put in place, man. You got to be really cautious. Like, look at all this information that we provide with our new, right? If somebody stepped forward today and said, hey, I want to be the official spokesperson for our new, right? Who currently, that's Zach Latimer. He does the right and exact shows. That's the spokesperson. But if somebody came through and said, hey, I want to be the spokesperson, we got to be really careful with that. Because if you just look at it for a second, not everyone can handle the presentation of some of the very controversial things that we teach in our new. They may present it in a way where they might mess you up. <laughs> you know, they, they, they may just, you know, it's, you have to know how to handle this type of information too. It's not like we're just talking about roses and tulips and, you know, loving the world. It, it, it gets a little deeper than that. You know, when we start talking about shows where we're embracing hate, you know, we're we're bringing up the real science of praying. What is it to truly pray? You know, we're dissecting the ideology of God, religion versus spirituality. You know, we're digging, you know, into some true things about the nature of the spirits around us, the nature of the ancestral energies around us. There's a certain way you have to present that and present it um, irresponsibly. You know, you can cause a lot of damage. You know, if we weren't talking about anything, if we were just talking about some very basic, um, seemingly universal principles, anybody could present that. Anybody could talk about that. Yeah, sure. Well, what what is I new about? Oh, it's about love and acceptance and da da da. There's other Nicole. There we go. Two Nicoles in the house. But uh, anyway, so yeah, man. You know, you have to learn how to how to uh, how to run this thing. <laughs> <laughs> basically you got you know and there's certain things that have to be done so like i said yeah man we had to get rid of it because i saw situations happening where it was going to get ugly and as you've know as you've seen me before do even in the chat room when the ignorance creeps in i shut it down you know when when the when the the, the commonplace ignorance starts to come into our space I, you know i shut that down because that's i don't want this to be that kind of experience you know, go do that somewhere else. We get we have enough of that already. People arguing online and stuff like that. That's it's just first of all, it's corny. Number one, arguing in the chat room, arguing in a in a on on a Facebook forum, or arguing in a Facebook. That's just corny, man. What what could be so important that someone would type that would get you so riled up? Just think about it for a second. I know, I know it sounds weird, man, but what, what could be so important online? All of this is fake. All of it. So, so you saying? So you saying you fake, chief? Yeah, absolutely. This isn't the real me you're listening to. This is a reinterpreted digital interpretation of me that you're listening to, of my voice and my ideas that you're listening to. What is my face doing right now? You don't know. How am I gesticulating right now? You don't know. Um, through the, the vocal content that I'm sharing, 
what kind of energy have I generated in the room that I'm currently in right now? You don't know. If you walked into this room right now, how would you feel sitting next to me or hearing these things or breathing the same air as me? You don't know. You see how much information is left out? So why would anybody get upset, <laughs> you know, over over something that uh, you're getting maybe a fifth of the actual content from, you know? That shows a certain degree of sickness. And, and of course, we don't want that sickness here. We don't, we don't want to fall into those trappings. We, we don't want to fall into that. We want to sidestep that. We want to be better than that. We want to seek out real and authentic uh, experiences. I saw recently in the chat room, Sister Michelle had put her, her email address in there so anybody, and said, we, I'm in Florida. Anybody want to reach out? Let's link up. And you know, I always encourage that. Yeah, get real with each other. And that's how you kind of see where people are at. It's all about a tester sometimes, believe it or not, when you're empire building. Why did I postpone the retreat? Same for all the same reasons that I just described to you. For all the same reasons I just described. If I can't even get them to help each other out or share or share their experiences with one another, I'm not going to go through all this headache and sleepless nights and working on a retreat for them. They don't deserve it. I'll just do it with the small ones who are doing that. With the small groups. We're in survival times, y'all. We're in survival times and no one is going to hold your hand through this stuff anymore. And if they do, they're putting you to sleep. That's the truth of it. If anybody's going to hold your hand and, and spoon feed you anything at this point, they're putting you to sleep. They're rocking you to sleep. It may feel good, you know, it's nice little sleeping, Xanax. I think that's sleeping pill, right? Xanax. But um, they're rocking you to sleep. So, you know, and everything I'm talking about is, is intertwined to today's topic, all right? But even if it wasn't, so what? <laughs> that's another thing, man. Go for the ride. I'm, I'm going to hit a couple of little points. Go for the ride. I've had somebody put that on a video once. You know, normally I like these segments, but he was all over the place. When I did the show on, when, oh, the, the first show of this year, of the, the Gregorian year, the, um, when I broke down the, the, the numerology, somebody had put that complaint comment on a video. And I'm like, so sit down with your pen and paper and soak up everything that I just taught you. But aside from that, it was free. You, let me not say anything. I am a name caller. <laughs> so, yeah, you tell don't call don't call people names. I I call names. All right. I categorize. I do that. But um <laughs> it was free. Like what are you complaining about? Cuz it's too much information. You're complaining cuz it's too much information. So I could have spoke for 5 minutes and said, "Now if you want the rest of the show, go over to suchandsuch.com and for 9.99 you can hear the rest." That would have been better. <laughs> you know, but people, you got to learn to go for the ride sometimes, man. You know, um, especially when someone is presenting to you. You know, it's like I spoke about the other day when elders are talking to you. And I've heard Sister Kim even use this, this analogy before where she's like, you know, you, you go into, your, I think it was, it was Sister Kim, but it was on her show. And you go into your elder's kitchen, you know, and you want to talk to him about something. 
and they may make you do, uh, you know, like, or you want to cook with them. And they say, no, 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 you do this, you do that, that. They may make you do six or seven different things, you know, just to be in the kitchen with them to help them cook or to talk to them or anything like that. You know, you may have to do a whole bunch of things to, to just sit there, you know, but you value the time, you value the lesson, you, you value the moments that you have with them. You know, I, one of my elders, no matter what was ever going on in my life, no matter what, man, two things he would make me do. Once I, I, every time I came over to his apartment, check on him or whatever like that. Number one thing, uh, get that, get that, that bag hanging, you know, hanging on that doorknob and take it out to the incinerator. Number one, no matter how I'm dressed, I come through sharp suit, you know, yeah, Baba, I just finished, you know, doing this presentation at such and such university. Da, 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 da. That's good. That's good, man. Look, take that, take that garbage out to the incinerator. That was number one. And then number two was, and then when you get back, go around the corner, get me a pack of cigarettes. That was, that, that was the routine, no matter what was happening. And then he said, then come down. We, and then we, we go, we to the dining room table, sit down You'd be blowing all that funky cigarette smoke in my face, but I'd be telling him, you know, he said, all right, so, so, so run it down to me, man. You know, and I'd say, yeah, man, I was, you know, over at John Hopkins, man. I did this presentation at John Hopkins University, or I was over at John Jay College, and, you know, I did a presentation, or I was just came back from NYU, whatever, you know, might have been doing my university circuit. And, and oh, yeah, yeah, man, there's a whole lot of people there. Yeah, man, yo, it was packed. All right, all right, yeah, it was packed. Man, how was the money, man? They paid you? They paid you? Yeah, yeah, man. The check was right. The check is right. All right, man. That's what I'm talking about. You bad mother effort, you know. And then we, that, but that was the routine. So, but I had to do the incinerator run, <laughs> you know. And I had to do the, uh, you know, the, 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 go down to the to the bodega. I had to do the cigarette run, you know what I mean. And and then sometimes even after that, I may have to, you know, he like he's like go well, or ride me around. You know, cause sometimes some elders be stuck in the house. You show up, um, and you know they want to ride. Just drive me over here. Take me over to my man's house, man. He owes me some. You know, he just he basically want to cruise. And you gotta go through all that stuff, doing the chauffeur work, the home butler work, all of that stuff like that, just just to have you know maybe fifteen twenty minutes with your elder, and you know build and and a lot of the things that I'm doing, um, came from some of those sessions. Believe it or not, came from some of those sessions, you know, where Elder gave me a couple of minutes, man. I remember um, when I wrote, which one was it? Oh, I haven't even published this book yet. <laughs> there was, there's a book that I, I got to I gotta finish up, put out. But this book I was working on, I was sharing with the Elder. I was like, yeah, I'm knocking out this book. It's a book on manhood that I haven't finished up yet. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm knocking this book out, da, 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 da. And my elder was like, man, you got to put that book on tape. Now, you know, of course, we don't use tapes, but I understood what he was saying. He was like, man, people don't read no more. People don't read no more. They they all into them iPods. <laughs> you know, you got to put that on tape. You got to learn to translate. He's right, though. He's right. You know, and I sat back and I thought about it. I said, yeah, man, I need to put all of these, grasping the root, all of them. I need to make audio books out of them. He's absolutely right. People don't really read as much as they used to, which is why I try to make the books short. They're dense, but they're short. So I make them deceptively short because, you know, if you make them too thick, people will buy them, but they won't even pick them up. 
if you at least make them a little thinner, then they'll think like, oh, I'm going to run right through this. But then, you know, you, you guys know how my books are. Once you open them, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got I have to actually sit down and really read this sentence by sentence. But, um, you know, sometimes you got to go for the ride, man. <laughs> sometimes you got to go for the ride. And while you riding around and, you know, buying food and cigarettes and go over here, I need to get some keys cut, you know, and stopping over by the hardware store to get some keys made and, then going over to this other one's house and when's the last time you spoke to your cousin so-and-so man i I ain't man i'm busy man i ain't got time now traveling over there man we're gonna go see if they over there they over there they ain't doing nothing oh man i gotta go see my old freaking bum cousin i don't want to talk to them man you know but you gotta you gotta go for the ride you see and while you in the car and while you riding around and then you know i be driving my elder around and he man when you gonna tune up this raggedy mother effort cracking on my car and it was dirty as a mother. We saw this in the back, man. Clean this mother effer up, man. You know, <laughs> you know, and and all that. Yeah, I know, man. I've not been busy, man. I've been busy, man. Yeah, I'm gonna armor all the, the, the dash, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean it up, man. Yeah, man. It's car, right, man. Yeah, it's big, giant mother effing car, man. You know, cracking on it and stuff like that. And you gotta go for the ride. But in those little moments, you're hearing little things as you're going. You're hearing little things, you know, little little gems are being dropped, you know, but you got to go for the ride. Now, my elders always have loved me. You know, I, I get a lot of love from the elders. And, and I'm going to tell you one of the main reasons why, because I go for the ride. We just take this into the abyss. What you want to drive down south? All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. I'll go for the ride, you know. Um, but just understand the longer you take me for the ride, the more questions I'm going to be asking you. I'm going to be asking you about segregation and Jim Crow and all that stuff. You probably remember, I'm going to be digging into your past now, <laughs> you know? So, um, they like me because yeah, they know, yeah, he'll go for the ride. He'll, he'll take you here. He'll take you there, pick you up from church, take you to church, pick you up from church. He'll even get out the car when he comes and picks you up and, you know, talk to some of them boring elders at the church, <laughs> you know, go, go through the whole process. Yeah. This is my such and such child, man. This is someone you remember him. You, he remember I used to bring him around. Oh, wow. That's Oh my God. I wouldn't even have recognized you. Mm, thank you. Yeah. How you been? I'm fine. So what do you do? I'm an author. You're an author. What do you write books about? You know, I always tell him the same lie. Oh, about history. Just I'm right about history because you know I ain't getting into it. Yeah, yeah, I'm an author. I write about what kind of history? Oh, like world history. You know, different cultures around the world. That's so nice. That's so nice. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Go for the ride, man. Stop trying to come in and pick and choose what it's supposed to be. I want you to talk about this and then talk about that. Talk about that. You know how much stuff you'll miss in between. You know how many little gems you'll miss in between? You got to go for the ride, man. That's why my elders love me, man. I, they all they always calling. Where you at, boy? Where you at? <laughs> I go for the ride. Yeah, man. So just something to think about, man. This it, It's a communal effort, man. And when you start learning uh, things from an indigenous perspective, 
you know, you start to learn when you start to learn how to move, how to how, like an indigenous person, you get smarter. You learn why indigenous culture has certain things in place, why they moved a certain way, why they regarded elders a certain way, why they got, they regarded children a certain way and why meetings are so important and, and gathering it and being able to welcome people into your home and, and pull out chairs when they come and sit down and, and bring water to them. And so you can sit and talk and, you know, um, why all of those things are so important. You know, you start to understand that. There's a whole communal culture that's necessary for you to get the, the, the deeper things of what you want. You see? There's a certain way that we treat. I had to, I had spoke to one of my elders. Oh, yesterday, yesterday one of my elders came by in between. Uh, actually, <laughs> right after. Let's see. Yesterday's show ended at three, and then I had to do a reading at five. So one of my elders needed a haircut, and he said, "Man, I got a. I basically got an afro now." So I said, "All right, well, you know, come by the house." They said, "I know you're busy. You always." I said, "Don't worry about it." I said, "Just come by." I said, "I got a little a little slot." Between three and five, I should be off the air by three. So actually, you guys may have noticed that yesterday, um, towards the end of the show, I sounded a little distracted. And if you listen, you hear some voices in the background because the elder had came over at that point. And I had to hurry up and get off because he didn't understand not to be talking so loud in the room while I'm doing doing the show. But um you know, he was just talking about some stuff with, with his youth, and he was like, you know, yeah, man, you know, I, they don't even reach out really like that, and sometimes don't even return phone calls and this and that. And I said, well, F them. And I said it like that. You know, we off the air. I'm talking the way I talk. I said, man, F them. They said, yeah, but that's my child. I said, listen, man, you're the elder. All right? You don't have to chase any. I said, you're older than me. You don't have to chase me down. You don't have to chase any anybody down that's younger than you. We're supposed to be chasing you down. That's how this thing works. We're supposed to be coming knocking on your door. You're supposed to be shooing us out of your house. You don't have to be texting and, and, and calling us and leaving voicemails and hoping sitting there hoping that we return your phone call. No, it doesn't work like that. You are now in the place of honor. On Sundays, we come by your house. We bring you fruit or or whatever, a six-pack of beer, if that's what you want. You know, like, we look out for you now, man. Don't chase us down. You're disrupting the whole uh, equilibrium of the communal structure. And, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, it was it was hard for him to take in, you know, but he was like, yeah, he was like, you're right. He was like, I know you're right, but, you know, it's my child, you know. And, like, even when I was, I had cut his hair, he kept saying, man, thank you so much for this, man. He said, I really, really needed this haircut. Thank you so much. You know, he was like, uh, I said, man, well, you don't have to thank me for that, man. That's, you know, you're a pillar. This is what I do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is what I'm, I'm younger than you. So if you need me to do something for you, I have to do it. Period. Me, Chief, Baba Haru. Big time Babalow. If an elder calls me today who's five, ten years older than me and says, I need you to come over here and help me paint my house. Well, I got to go put on some, some old, you know, pants and, and T-shirt and go paint that house. I have to do it. Period. 
That's my father. You see? And when I say that's my father, I'm not saying that person is my blood father. I'm saying that's my elder, so he's my father. When I say elder, I'm not saying just some old person. <laughs> when I'm saying that's my elder, I say, well, this is Baba so-and-so. Or I introduce this individual to my youth as Baba so-and-so. You see? I'll give you an example. Some of my youth were here when um, he came through, right? So my youth were just talking and, you know, they were playing with uh, Photoshop and some pictures that they had of them sparring in the gym and stuff like that. And um, so that when the elder came through, when I'm cutting his hair, which made the haircut super long, I ended up a 15 minute haircut turned into like two hour event. But anyway, it's all good. So he's now He's like, oh, yeah, you know, how's the boxing going? Everything. And, they, you know, they're talking and building back and forth. And he he's going through all these old fights, all these old fights. You know, well, you know, you need to check out uh, this one. And, and remember Jersey, Jersey Walcox and this one, da, 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 and giving them all these gems about the fight game. You see? You, you, you see how it's transmitted? <laughs> because you establish that type of communal environment. You establish that type of space. So now my youth have like, my youth have like maybe 10 pairs of grandparents. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? Um, and then of course, you know, when I say youth, I hope you all understand that I'm not just talking about my biologicals. I have hundreds of children. Hundreds, you see, because of, again, establishing that communal directive and that communal structure, you see. So this is how the village is formed, man. It's it's through a lot of that, that obligatory responsibility and that obligatory response to those who we say we love and, and those who are showing us love, you know. And sometimes we got to learn how to how to flow with it, man. Everybody has their own different flow. Like this elder came to him, cutting his hair takes forever because he doesn't, like he's leaning in the chair and he's like, yeah, I had a, I got a hip problem, man. I was like, yeah, you keep leaning to the, to the side, man. So one side is uneven. I'm like, it's basically a Gumby. I'm trying to get your, your hair right here, you know? And, um, and then he's talking and he's moving his head all over the place while he's talking, you know, getting excited, talking about, you know, but it's good for him too. You know, it was good for him to, to kind of have that moment, you know, where he's, he's with the fellas and, and, you know, everybody's talking about a certain thing. Then we, then we, of course, you know, you can't help it. We start talking about women and, you know, he's giving them advice there and how not to, you know, don't, you know, how not to lose focus and, and stay focused on what you need to do. And, you know, women are going to be there, you know, all the, all that old Jack, <laughs> that, that old Jack guidance you get you know, um, that a lot of our young people don't get anymore because we don't have any of those communal things established anymore with the exception of the barbershop, you know? Well, there we go again, right? I guess I turned it into a barbershop for a little while, right? So, you know, go for the ride. Learn to go for the ride, man, and and learn to... And I don't, I'm not saying you got to do this to every person, not every old person. Some of the old people, I sidestep, man, I don't want nothing to do with them. You know, um, some young people I sidestep. I don't, I'm not trying to, I ain't no, no captain save or nothing, <laughs> you know. So uh, I look for those who have the regal spirit, 
If I see royalty, come on, come on over here with us. You come into the royal court. You know, it's 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 a genetic thing. <laughs> Some people have it, you know. But if it's a little savage, little bestial child, a little or a big savage bestial elder, I don't know, nah, man. Don't come around here. Mm-mm. I don't want you around here. You gonna mess up the vibes, you know. And when I say Baba this or Er this. I want my youth to see the respect that I give to those elders so they understand how this thing works. You know, there is a line of submission because there's a line of authority. So, wow, even Baba, just, just, you know, Baba's, is it, yeah. I'm a student too, like I always tell you. So, I know long, long answers in many sense, but like I said, go for the freaking ride. <laughs> I don't have to talk about today's subject at all. Does it really matter if I do or don't? Think about that for a second. What matters most is that you're learning and you're expanding and you're growing, correct? Doesn't matter if I start to show off by saying, you know, today we're going to talk about microorganisms. And I and I end up talking about um, the transmission of culture and values through music. Does it really matter? You're going to use that as a reason not to apply it? Go for the ride and get what you get. That's why sometimes you notice if you ever look at the titles of the shows, if you ever notice the titles change after the show. Because sometimes the thing that I think I'm going to talk about, I don't. That's why I do kind of value the live shows a little bit. Sometimes I see little comments in the chat room. You know, like I said, it's a... um, it's a, it's a two, it's a, well, I don't want to say two way because there's a lot of you in that room, but this is an exchange. It's a, it's a collective exchange. You know, that's why I say when I say we are talking about, we were talking about, we're doing this together, you know, but a lot of times we get the lockdown in terms of our thinking and in terms of the way, way we would like to do things. I'm going to tell you what a lockdown comes a lot of times. It's through the imposed sense of morality. The imposed sense of morality is the the very first um, lockdown of social engineering that we get from the very beginning when we're told what we should or should not do. It's actually more dangerous than you could imagine because we hold on to that. Or sometimes you even hear people say, well, I was raised to be like this or raised to think like this. And sometimes we're not aware that um, our sense of morality only came about because of the levels of convenience that another person needed. Right. So let's say for instance, um, you're a child and your parents tell you something like you shouldn't write on the walls. Right. So then we grow up saying that it's wrong to write on the wall. But essentially, why are we telling our child that it's wrong to write on the wall? Because we don't want to have to clean it up. And it's inconvenient for us to have to repaint that wall or to, you know, have to get some goo going and and wipe off whatever they put on the wall. But now if later your child becomes a a mural artist, then what happens then? What do you say? You still shouldn't write on the wall or is moralistically wrong? Or your child comes and you say, I want to be a mural artist. What do you think? Because you always told me it's not right to write on walls. You see, I know it sounds very simple, but just just take take the simplicity of it and try to expand it into other areas for a second. 
a lot of times we end up locking ourselves down through, through dogmatic means. You know, we have religious dogmatter, we have parental dogmatter, we have social dogmatter. We have all of these different mechanisms that come into place to tell us what we should or should not do. And as a result, um, and we do those things without question or sometimes because it should and should not come at the behest of some form of some threat or some real punishment, some realized and manifested punishment. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't da 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 and sometimes we don't even get a full reason why. So then when we come into our awakeness or our awareness, we still have these dogmatic senses of, sense of morality that exists inside of us and don't really know why. We haven't really researched these reasons or these things, you know, not understanding sometimes that, man, some of the things that we're told not to do were just because of somebody's convenience. That's it. It wasn't because they were actually wrong to do. Right. Like you've heard me joke around plenty of time. Well, not plenty of time, a couple of times. So, yeah, when I get older, I'm going to smoke crack and everything else. I'm halfway joking. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be crack by then. They have something much better, much better by then. But whatever it is. Because my when my my work or this phase of the work is done and I'm not required to be on point all the time. Why not? What's the problem? Oh, because when we were young, we were told that you shouldn't do drugs. You shouldn't drink. You shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't curse. You shouldn't this. You shouldn't that. You shouldn't that and that and that. Right? But why? Is there ever a time where it's okay to do some of these things? Now, if I do ayahuasca, if I do an ayahuasca ceremony, it's okay. If I do some mushrooms during a spiritual event, it's okay. If I smoke a little herb, you know, uh, during temple, if I'm with some rosters and I smoke herb, we have temple, it's okay. So then now that that gets to a point where it starts to circ- it starts to circumvent my sense of morality. And if I start to circumvent my sense of morality, what begins essentially is that guilt sets in. I start to feel guilty. Well, you know, sometimes I smoke. And I get that a lot of times from a lot of you. <laughs> You students who call me or we speak and you say things like, man, you know, um, chief, I, you know, I, I'm on drugs or chief, you know, um, I like to do uh, gang. I, I like to be gang banged or this or that. And I feel bad about it. Why do you feel bad about it? Usually, and that's the only question I usually have to ask. Why? Why do you feel bad about that? The only answer that usually comes out is, well, because I was I was raised different than that. Okay. But how many other things were you raised to do differently? You know, sometimes we throw that in as a means of convenience. Were you raised to be aware? Were you raised to be enlightened? Were you raised to to um walk in in the in the, the structure of indigenous reality and indigenous thought? Were you also raised to do any of that? So we've already, you know, seen that you veered from some of your home rearing. Some some veering you may be proud of and some you may be ashamed of. But again, it's that that fictional sense of morality that's been implanted in you. And most of the time, like I said, because of the, the convenience of someone else that now has you in this space where um, you just don't know what to do with yourself. In a simple way, you see, because you don't know what you can do, what you can't do, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And none of that really exists because it's all based off of dogma and convenience. 
And some of the things that you even got from your religious dogma were based on what larger societies needed um, to establish their convenience, the convenience of their structures. Teach them this, teach them that. And still this fear in them and still that fear in them so we can get this done. So they'll get out of the way. We can get that done. Pay your taxes or we'll send you to jail. So then somebody say, well, you know, uh, this one, this one uh, uh, evaded their taxes. That's wrong. You got to pay your taxes. Why? He's a scumbag. He didn't pay his taxes. Why does that make him a scumbag? Because he didn't pay taxes. Where did you get that idea from? And we have we have two terms here. We have tax tax avoidance and tax evasion. Right? Tax avoidance is encouraged by by the government. The government doesn't want you to pay taxes. And then you have tax evasion. So is is any one more or less sleazier than the other? A government that says we really actually don't want you to pay taxes. We'd rather just encourage, you know, we'd rather stimulate the economy in in other ways. We encourage business ownership. We encourage you to invest in agriculture and and research and development in certain areas, you know, and we'll give you tax incentives, incentives as a result. We give plenty of tax incentives to the business owner. Now, for everyone who's left outside of that, the the ordinary, everyday, uninformed citizen, yeah, we're going to tax the hell out of them. But we 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 warned them, we told them, no, you can avoid this. You just got to step up into this illuminated space, Illuminati. So you start to realize after a while that the and I said this before, the Illuminati are the ones who are moving beyond the everyday trappings that have been set for the masses. That's your Illuminati. So they say, okay, well, I get taxed more as a citizen. You know, or I get taxed more as just a, as a regular wage earner. If I establish a business structure, whatever it is, if I establish a business structure, then I can actually avoid a lot of the taxes. You know, I can completely reduce or zero out my taxable income. Now I can actually make these taxes work for me and I can begin to earn even tax credits and I can apply that against other things. Does that take more work? Yeah, it does. It takes more work. So the ones who are lazy and thought will say, oh, I'm like doing that, man. Let me just put down my little three or four dependents and pay my little tax because you got to pay taxes, right? So they start to convince themselves of the dogma because of their personal laziness. Well, that's the difference between the enlightened and the unenlightened. One is applying the information, the other one is not. Again, there goes your Illuminati. <laughs> I'm going to go into the chat room for a second. Let me share some of these ideas. Um, D-S-I-G-L-A-R-04 says, when I was a kid, I used to help out a nursing home. Cool. Just by helping out, eventually I got free music lesson. Ah. Uh-huh. From one of the elders at that nursing home. You see? Go for the ride. <laughs> Go for the ride. Antonio says, what do you mean, quote unquote, what do you feel about that? Why do you feel about that, quote unquote? 
Chief, these simple questions you teach us to ask have helped me enormously when dealing with BS, especially my own. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, those, those, what do you mean? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? <laughs> You'd be surprised how many questions, you know, thanks for that testimony. But you'd be surprised how many questions will bring a stop to BS, like you just said. You know, people will say things and you just say, can you explain that? Huh? Or just like somebody who's who's angry comes at you, right? You know, this is a technique that's used by even companies, right? Somebody comes at you and they're hostile, they're angry. First thing you do, and I mentioned this the other day when we were dealing with, you know, emotional management, slow them down. First thing you do, slow them down. You call it you call up a customer service line going off. If you get a slick customer service rep who knows what they're doing, they'll do this. This this is how this is how they, they rock you to sleep. They'll say, um, okay, sir, um, I'm sorry that I, that that's happened to you, you know, I, and I know that's that's you know, that's a horrible thing to have to go through. But can you do me a favor? I'm gonna need you to to just explain these things, explain to me what happened slowly could we just slow it down for a second because i want to make sure i'm not missing any of this i want to get everything down slow your butt down man once you slow down you're going to calm down they go hand in hand can't avoid it you see that's that's a little slick tool (laughs) you know you learn how to manage other people's emotions you know you can't manage other people until you can manage yourself that's why i mentioned in one show recently i don't know but i said you know I'm a big proponent of body weight exercises, even for fighters. And I always say, man, don't, the weights are cool, but don't go crazy with them weights. You know, body weight exercises. Because when you learn how to manipulate your own body, pull-ups, dips, push-ups, you know, different different isometrics, when you can completely manipulate your own body, then you can manipulate somebody else's body. You know, and you got to be able to manage and control someone else's form when you're in a ring. Whether you're doing mixed martial arts, which was my concentration, or if, or if you're doing or if you're boxing, you know, if I can't control me, I can't control you. Believe that, <laughs> you know that that self control um, is key. But like I said, yeah, man, you ask those questions, man, you'd be surprised how much it cools out. Or like I said, sometimes people are going off. I do this all the time, man. I'm out. Somebody see something slick to me. I, who are you talking to? And you look at them in the eye. Because a lot of times when people are going off on you, they're not even looking at you. They're looking at the floor. They're looking at the ceiling. You know, because they don't want to acknowledge you as human. You know, if you got some sunglasses, I do that and say, I'll take them off, look at them square in the eye. Yo, who are you talking to? You know, let's start there. Are you talking to me? Are you talking at me? Are you talking in the environment? What's, what's, what is this right now? And you'd be surprised how that cool thing, how that cools things down. That that right there. So let's first determine who you're addressing. Okay. Now, once we determine that, what do, what do you mean? How? You know, what do you mean by that? That right there calms a lot of things down. What do you mean by that? Yo, you over here doing da da da. What do you mean by that? I'm over here doing da 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 da. What's da 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 da? Yeah, man. <laughs> People are not used to being uh, questioned. And they're not used to having their insanity questioned. And some people are, are offended by the idea of having the insanity questioned, believe it or not. 
They find it very offensive. They want to take you on a ride. I'm not getting on every ride. I'm just not doing that. You find that even with hustlers, right? You're on the street, somebody, you know, we were joking about that yesterday, actually, when I was giving them the haircut, you know, about different hustles and cons that people do. And I said, yeah, man, one day, one way you just defeat all of that is tell the person to stop talking so fast. You know how many times I've gotten out of street cons like that? People come, yo, my man, check it out. Yeah, I just found this money. Da, 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 da. Can, can you hold this for me? Because I'm getting ready to go. Hold on, man. You're talking too fast. Slow down for a second. Slow it down. You're talking too fast. That right there, the dude is just, oh, man. They, they wave their hand and walk away to the next sucker. Slow down. I'm trying to understand what you're saying. Because <laughs> once you say it slow, we could both hear we can both hear how sloppy your con is. You know, it's just like when you got guys trying to talk to girls and they do a whole bunch of fast talk. Yes, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, you know, look, da, 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 da. she don't even understand what he's saying. So she just kind of gets hypnotized by the cadence of it. You slow it down, you realize he didn't even say anything. <laughs> yeah, man, those questions are very powerful. You know, they're very, very powerful. You know, when you can back people up a little bit and um, slow them down, you know, by getting them to be uh, a bit more explicative, you know, in terms of what they're sharing. Madam Ma'at says the idea that a large part of our online communication uh, reduces the amount of multisensory exchange that occurs when we communicate in person. Yep. You know, but when you're dealing with the digital realm, everything is reduced. You know, all all of the multiplicity of exchange is reduced. Even when you're listening to music, it, to understand that, you can go and check out the show that I did on um, analog versus digital, where I broke down the whole, you know, MP3 versus analog, CD, whatever, and how we truly hear things versus the how things are reproduced to us. And everything you hear now is through MP3. You buy, because nobody's buying CDs or anything like that anymore. So it's all MP3 you know, or maybe AIFF or maybe FLAC files, but mostly everybody uses MP3s, which actually damage your hearing. If you didn't know, MP3s actually damage your hearing. You know, so if an MP3 can damage your hearing, is it possible that um, monosynthesized communication that occurs through digital means could actually damage your perception or damage your communicating skills. Well, do we communicate better or worse nowadays as a collective whole? I think you all know the answer to that one. (laughs) Uh, You find that a lot of people do have trouble reading the signs. Um, Even sciences such as banter, wit, cynicism, you know, are often misunderstood nowadays. You know, because conversation and and, um, and um, just exchange, you know, has become reduced to such a small thing, man, that we've, we we're losing certain skills. This is what I brought up the other day when I was talking about biohacking. Now that we're using the technology to perform certain functions for us um, in order to maximize efficiency, our brain starts to certain parts of us will atrophy because, oh, you, you don't need a memory anymore. Right. Because you don't need to remember phone numbers or addresses. You have GPS, you have contacts in your phone. You have to send, so you don't need a memory. So we're going to cause that function in you to atrophy. 
and then we'll focus on other things that you may utilize. So you're going to you're going to see in the coming age, the shapes of people's heads are even going to change. You're going to see that. You know, the brain capacity is going to change. It already has. I shouldn't say gonna. It has already. You see, we're coming out different now. You know, as a, as a mutative response to the environments that we're in, you know. So sometimes, you know, and, and not to always try to take everything back to the old school, but sometimes you do have to try to recapture some of what is behind you. And trust me, what's behind you is corrupt anyway, but it's it's better. It's less corrupt than than a lot of the things that may be present. I'm not going to say in front of you, but may be present. And sometimes you got to go and grab some of those things. Like, you you know, what we need to bring back, you know, how we were somewhere bring sexy back and bring this back. We need to bring attention spans back. We need to do, we need to do an attention attention span challenge. You know, you got the cinnamon challenge, the ice water challenge, all that attention span challenge. You bring attention spans back. You know, you know how many other things have to come along with it. Because to even spend time around elders, you got to have attention span. Because boy, do they ramble. <laughs> and a lot of times because they're trying to stretch the visit out. You know, you know what they're doing. They're trying to stretch the visit out. They got to ask you about every single one of your friends that they remember. Hey, man, how, how, how your man doing? The, uh, what, what he used to work down there, man? He did, what does he do? In the mailroom down there. Yeah, man, that was like 30 years ago, man. He owns a company now. Yeah, man, how he doing? <laughs> how's, how's that woman he married, man? Well, she's a nurse or something like No, she's a doctor. Okay, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Doctors make good good money, man. She making some good money, man. Yeah, man. She's smart broad. Yeah, da, da. And then he goes off into that. Man, how many kids they got? You know, you go through the whole thing. They stretching the visit out. That's all. It's so sad how lonely a lot of elders are, man. It's messed up how, how lonely a lot of elders are. It's ridiculous. It doesn't take much. You just do it on a rotational basis, man. You get 10, 15 people, say we're going to give them five minutes a day. Ain't that hard. That's how you keep the lifeblood of the com- the community going forward, man. Instead of just waiting to the egg and it's it's convenient for you because then you could just put the little picture on your altar and light a candle and pretend like you was giving them all this respect and, and honor while they were here. That's whack. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, you know, so I just wanted to really address the uh, the idea of, of where social engineering begins, and it really begins with the moralistic implantations that were given usually by our parents and our societies of what we should and should not do, and we do things without question. And there's so many things that um, really, in so many senses, that don't really apply for the life, for the, for the, for the, for the, for the long haul, and we don't look at it responsibly. responsibly. We don't look at it intelligently. And, and I know some of the things that I'm saying, they may feel very controversial in a sense. Like if I say, yeah, well, we're told not to do drugs. And I know your immediate reaction is you shouldn't do drugs. Right? But you should, you should look at why you have that reaction. You know? Because you see people smoke cigarettes and drink liquor all day. But they'll tell you that you shouldn't smoke weed. You shouldn't take mushrooms. You shouldn't pop pills. 
Well, what's the difference? You know, or we hear, you know, the Netherlands prostitution is is legal. Or prostitution is illegal in New York City. Well, actually, prostitution technically is not illegal. Um, Profiting from prostitution is illegal. But either way, right? Well, that kind of doesn't make sense. Isn't one moralistically wrong and the other one is moralistically correct? Or or is the whole idea of implanting um, morality on, on the act, is that where the problem comes in? Was someone really just saying that to me, that this is wrong, but this is right, and so forth and so on, as a result of their own dogmatic standing or their desire to have a more convenient existence with me? Don't do that. Don't do that. You should do this. You should go to school, get a good job. Well, who does that profit? Who Who is that more convenient for? You shouldn't be so lazy. Why not? What's wrong with being lazy? Because when you recite all of these different things from all these philosophers, they weren't doing a whole lot of work. They were laying around looking at clouds and thinking. <laughs> well, why is it wrong for me to do that? You should get up early. Stay up all night. Why got to get up early? Early bird gets the worm. I don't care about the worm. <laughs> you know, and, and again, I'm not I'm not trying to to give everyone a reason to do nothing, you know, whatever. If you want to do nothing, do nothing. It's up to you. But I'm just kind of kind of give you an opportunity to look at um, some of the things that we go through or some of the things that we subject ourselves to as a people without question. You know, without even questioning, without even, you know, looking for the source. And I see this so much again in consciousness where um, people are going through certain things or I'm I'm providing certain solutions and saying, okay, well, this, that, 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 and the third. And then they'll fall back into that old programming. No, I can't do that. Why can't you? Well, I wasn't raised that way. You also wasn't raised to be talking to a voodoo priest and getting Ifa readings. You wasn't raised to do that either. So now, why all of a sudden is your home bringing now come into the picture? When you're caused to do something that goes against your dogmatic programming. You see? Indigenous by convenience. (laughs) So you have to start to look at, well, you don't have to, but I suggest that you start to look at a lot of the things that you have an immediate reaction of anti or pro towards and start to look at it you know like something as simple as um you should work hard so you can have a good life i've never taught my children that work hard i've always told them that hard work is for suckers we don't do that all right now that's that's my household now i may have a youth that says i want to work hard i will go ahead man that's your thing have a good time and the other ones will say well bob i like your idea of working smart all right well do that then I might have another you says, man, I ain't trying to work at all. <laughs> I'm I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling the whole work thing. All right, cool. So what's your plan? I'm, I'm going to go move to Hawaii and live on the beach. All right. Because the truth is that everything that exists in the world and that it places itself in the world is as it needs to be. There is a place for every every cognition, for every stream of thought, for every stream of activity. There is a place. You see? 
And this is where it gets really confusing because a lot of times we'll, we'll deny and we'll denounce the um, social programming that got us to a place in our lives where we had to fall on our knees and say, this isn't working for me. I'm so miserable. I'm unable to keep anything in my life long term or or to really build anything. And then we, we find something like Ifa or Risha training or a new spiritual you know, training and we say, oh, man, this is working for me. OK, now things are starting to happen. Finally. And then when it starts to get real and it gets serious, then you fall back on the things that you know didn't work for you anyway. How often have I spoken to some of you about um, making certain moves in your life, making certain transitions, right? And, you know, you may be miserable where you live. This is a common one. I don't like where I live. I hate where I live and this, that, 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 that. You know, my family's been so mean to me or this, that, that. Oh, why don't you move? I don't know anywhere else. This is where I've always, this is where I've always, I grew up here. This is what I always known. All right. You hear your insanity? I hate my job. Okay. Why don't you leave your job? Well, I've been here for a long time and really they let me do what I want. I can come in late and this and that and that and that and that. Okay. So it's welfare basically. It's a free sandwich that keeps you locked down from actually building anything real in your life. You hate it. You hate being on the welfare, but it's just so convenient. Because I don't have to miss any of my daytime shows as long as I'm on the welfare. If I get off the welfare and get a job, then, you know, I'm going to miss all my shows. Sometimes we intermingle what doesn't work for us and what is proven not to work with us for what could be, again, because of a dogmatic stance. And that fear and that grid it came as a result of our early, you know, even even in our infancy, our early should and should nots. It came as a result of that. When you look at indigenous sciences, man, and the things that we do as indigenous spiritualists, look at look at all the things that we do that we were told not to do. You put liquor in your mouth, you spit it back out. When were you ever taught to do that as a child? You were told not to spit. You were told to stay away from the liquor. <laughs> we smoke cigars. We play with shells on the floor. We sometimes dance ourselves out of our clothing and dance around groups of people naked. We spend hours upon hours upon hours doing nothing but staring in a, in a, in a candle or in a bowl of water. Or sitting on the floor, crying or meditating. It's completely breaking convention. Completely breaking convention. We read stories about um, gods and goddesses, quote unquote. You know, I'm using that term. I'm understand. Follow, follow, follow along with what I'm doing here. <laughs> what about gods and goddesses? We read these stories about them fighting each other and having sex with each other and jumping from person to person to person to person. But we never read about any of them being married. We never read about any of them actually working. We never read about any of them being paid by anybody, like getting checks or anything like that. But we celebrate them nonetheless. It's all just so very wrong. (laughs) 
if you apply it to your early moralistic teachings, it's all just so very wrong. And some instances, some could say that we just sitting here playing. I used to always bring that up to a lot of my, my, my partners years ago and say, you know, you got to learn to play again. You know, I know brothers who wanted to drum and things like that. And they say, yeah, man, but you know, um, man, I got my wife now and I got my children. I see you got to learn how to play again, man. And you got to not feel guilty about playing. Sometimes you're going to have to sit there and outside or in your basement or in your living room and just put that drum in between your legs, man, and just zone out. And if your wife may say, why are you doing that, man? You don't have to say, oh, because I want to learn how to drum so I can bring in some extra money. No, I'm just drumming because I want to play. I just want to play. I saw. And your wife may, you know, she may go for initiation or not, learn how to play with shells on the floor, learn OB divination. Well, you playing with them shells on the floor? I guess you're kind of right. We playing again. All the things that we were told not to do. I'm telling you, man, your dogmatic morality is the beginning of your light code lockdown. I always tell you, and I know it goes it goes in one end out the other of a lot of people, when you start dealing with the deeper levels of your spirituality, your morality doesn't even exist. Those are human constructs. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Is there a time to kill? You know the answer to that. Come on. You know the answer to that. Is there a time to steal? You know the answer to that one too. Innately, you already know the answer. There's a time to do anything. There's a time to do everything. You know that. And the only reason you don't do it is because of a moralistic stance. Not an integral stance. Because your morality and your integrity are two different things. Your integral structure will will tell you what your, your character is. And your character, you're gonna you may maintain the integrity of your character. You may be a thief. Yeah, I'm gonna steal. It's always time to steal. <laughs> if that's what I am. A butcher is gonna be like, it's always time to kill. I'm a butcher. That's how I eat. Don't kill, don't eat. You got to break free of that morality, I'm telling you. You know, and a lot of it affects the dog, the dogmatic aspects of it affect the sisters a little bit more than the, than the brothers. I will say that to you. Not I'm talking to everybody, but the ones I see victimized by it the most a lot of times are women because, you know, guilt is implanted very early on. A lot of young young ladies, you know, if you got a pretty little girl, um, a lot of times I've heard mothers, some what sometimes through jealousy, sometimes through fear, say, you know, don't don't be looking at men when you talk to them. Don't look at you know. I I I had a sister I was with years ago, a couple of sisters. I, I, I for some reason I always end up with, and I don't look for them, you know, but I always end up with sisters who have light eyes, like hazel eyes or green eyes. That's that's a part of my story. You know, you could say like that's a part of my legend. I'm always, I'm always end up, end up with sisters with these light eyes. And I've heard this story over and over again from all, you know, not from all of them, from a lot of them, because I've been with a lot of hazel-eyed women. And they always say, yeah, you know, when I was younger, 
you know, my mother would tell me, you know, stop flirting with men and things like that. Well, eyes like that sometimes may have an effect on certain guys if they're hypnotized. But I've never been hypnotized by it because I ain't impressed by that. <laughs> but and I would always, maybe that's why I always ended up with them because it didn't mean anything to me. I wasn't phased by no light eyes, nothing like that. Um, but I know I've seen guys get hypnotized by that. You know, so little girls, I mean, six, seven years old, sometimes are told, don't don't be looking up in men's faces, stuff like that. Because maybe their mother sees the effect or they see how the guys may change a little bit and think that the daughter's actually intentionally flirting. And little girls do flirt, you know, flirting is a part of womanhood, man. All, all women flirt on some 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 level and all girls, little girls will flirt on some level. You know, because they, they see the power in flirting, <laughs> you know, two year olds. I've seen two, three year old little girls flirt, you know, bat their eyes and sway. Please, can I? Yeah. You know, they try to make themselves cuter for something. Um, Baba, can I have a <laughs> You know, do a little stuff like that. But that's just a part of that's just a part of them coming into their womanhood, man. You don't you don't suppress it. So just like if you got a pretty little girl. And she has an effect on men. You don't suppress it. You just teach her how to use it. That's all. You don't. You don't need to suppress it, because not all men are gonna, you know, want to molest her, because she has that effect. That's why you gotta keep her safe. You keep her covered. And then, you know, as she grows older, she may have that power, which becomes an asset for a man who's not affected by it. She may meet a man like me and say, "I ain't kidding about your light eyes. Get the hell out of here with that." Can you go make this money? That's what I care about. <laughs> you know, um, and now that becomes an asset, but now she can really nation build with that. You know? Yeah, I know it's rough. I know I know it's rough going. <laughs> some, some of these ideas and, and some of these thoughts, man. But, you know, you'd be surprised how much we lock ourselves and our children down out of fear. And not realizing that, again, there's a place for everybody. There's, there's a matching and a mating for everyone, and there's a there's a characteristic place in the universe for everyone. All right, I'm gonna get out of here. Peace to everyone in the chat room. I see you all, and it looks like you guys have organized some type of meetup, which is great. Which is great. You know, we actually do have a meetup group. I pay for a meetup.com thing. So if any of you ever want to organize a meetup in your area, just let me know. You could utilize my account because uh, I haven't used it in a while since we haven't we have because I haven't been doing any physical meetups in a little bit. Um, if it makes it easier for you to organize a meetup, I think it probably would. All right. So just just as a heads up, you know, um, you know, you can always reach me on the Sedula House website. All right. Um, we'll be here this this Sunday. Right. This is because uh, I think we got five Sundays this month, if I'm not mistaken. So I'll be on this Sunday again, delivering more information on Chief Speaks and um, the things that I'm talking about. You know, I always give you the Friday applications. Right. <laughs> Try to apply them over the strong end. Look at the things that you're saying yes and no to and and try to search yourself to see if you're doing it from a dogmatic perspective or not. Just 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 give it a shot. See what you come up with, you know, and even if you have to write it down, you know, you can, you can make a game out of it, make a list in your phone, you know, 
um, all the things that you're told, you know, when you're thinking about eating something or you look in the mirror and say, I'm too skinny, I'm too fat, I shouldn't be fat, shouldn't be skinny, shouldn't be lazy, you know, um, shouldn't be mean, shouldn't be this, shouldn't that, you know, all the shoulds and shouldn'ts that you have in your life and look at the ones that are serving you, ones that are maybe a disservice to your actual growth, you know. Just, 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 just give it a, uh, give it a shot. Just try it out. See what you come up with. I'd be interested to hear your results, but I probably won't because I know how y'all are. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, you know, everyone, be strong. All right, be strong and strong in. And uh, I will speak to you all this Sunday, 11 a.m. on Chief Speaks, and then some of you other ones. I will be speaking through consultations today, as well as um, on the Sedula House website. All right. And again, if you're not a member, anewlifeglobal.org. That's how you get on the phone calls and all that. People still asking about how do I get on the phone call? Anewlifeglobal.org. Hit the join form. Then you automatically receive an information, a link to the information kit. And um, then you will receive the phone number to call in for the monthly and for the every Monday call. Okay. And like I say, I hope you sisters are building forward. All right. I'm not in on the calls, but I hope you're building forward and not just having a whole lot of cyclical conversations about why you can't get people to do what you want them to do. Don't get left at the foot of the mountain. Don't get left. Think about what I'm saying. All right. So if you want to join, that's where you go for classes to doodlehouse.com. S-A-D-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E. Dot com. It's in the description of the show. It's right there at the, you know, it's a whole little footer. So for all this information, I'm just saying it out loud. All right. Until such time, everyone travel safe today.